This is Parables of the Divorced CEO, where men have real and raw conversations about the pain, suffering, and loneliness of divorce. Welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Parables of a Divorced CEO. I am your host, Peter Avalon Northstar, the founder and creator of The Divorce CEO. And today's topic is the pit. The pit is a place that we all have to go through. It is a place that we all fall into at times in our life. We fall into it many times in our life. It won't happen just once. And so this is the first real pit of this story. The first real time I experienced deep and profound darkness in my marriage. I want to back up a little from where we left off last time before we moved into our new apartment and I got my job as the superintendent where everything seemed to get better for us. There is a moment in time when we were living in our old apartment where something happened. And this is what I want to share today. So it's going to be raw today and it's going to be spicy. I'm going to share with you my deepest emotions on a topic that I haven't shared in public before. And so the whole thing starts with my wife and I, we live in this little condo, this one bedroom apartment after I came to Toronto. And after a while, we lived there and we had, you know, our honeymoon phase. She ended up getting pregnant. Now, we had been married for less than a year and we'd been dating for or been in a relationship for at uh, this point about two years. I had moved to Canada and I had no job, nothing yet that I could actually do that would provide for a new family. And so as much as it was an amazing news for both of us, it was also a scary news. You know, being confronted with having to be a father was a big deal for me, mostly because I was so not prepared for it. But at the same time, I wanted it so bad i wanted it so deeply because i've always wanted to have children i and i love children and so when she told me that she was pregnant i was absolutely floored with a overwhelming sense of gratitude and joy and on the same side i was completely you know, floored with fear and like, holy shit, how are we going to pull this off? Like, oh, am I ready to be a father? How can I even do this? Like, I don't have a job. How am I going to provide? Like a, a child needs, you know, toys and, and clothing and food and all of this stuff. And I was like <laughs> panicking. And so over a period of time, we were talking about it. And at times we would fight over this notion that, we had to be parents now, and, and we had to find a way to provide for this child. And so, little by little, day by day, we started getting more and more used to it. One month passed, and we were like, yeah, you know, we're starting to get used to it. We had shared it with our families. Um, I still remember when we went to the doctor the first time, and he was planning out, and seeing, oh yeah, she's this far along, so you can expect her to deliver at this point, and blah, 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 and she was healthy, and we made sure that she was getting the right supplements for um, 
you know, making the, the, the child healthy and her healthy and all of this. And so there was this period of time when we we're living in this little bubble of being or pretending or getting used to this notion that we're going to be parents. But then one day things started changing. All of a sudden she started bleeding. And first there was just a little bit of bleeding. But the bleeding, what followed the bleeding was incredible pain, stomach pain for her. And my wife was a really strong person in terms of anything that was physical like that. Like most women have a very high tolerance for pain compared to us men. And my wife was no different. And so the fact that she began to cry and to scream and to yell was to me scary. Because I'm seeing a woman now that I love and I want to protect and I want to make sure that it's healthy and doing well and she's in tremendous agony and pain and suffering while at the same time she's bleeding so there's all these thoughts that are running through my mind oh my god is the baby okay is she okay what's gonna happen and i was a complete mess i was so scared i didn't even know what to do with myself but i had to put on the strong face and be the man and be like yes i got this i got you babe i know what to do but the reality was i was fucking scared out of my mind and i had absolutely no idea what to do or how to behave other than just pretend like i was strong and stoic and i i got this and so within that time frame there was there was like a week or so where we were where i would take her to the hospital take her to the the walking clinic First, I would take her to a walk-in clinic here in Toronto, and they would, you know, check her and be like, no, you're fine, the baby's still good, you know, you might just be having whatever bleeding they've said, uh, an infection or whatever they, I, I don't remember exactly what they were saying back then, and uh, and so we would go home again, and she would be better for a little bit, and then it would come back the next day, and then that was just like the whole week, it was just like that all the time like one day it was better then it became horrible and the, the bleeding seemed to uh, become worse and worse and worse and so i took her to the walk-in clinic one night and they they checked her and she was in severe pain and she didn't know what to do and she was just so frustrated she was so tired she hadn't slept for about a week because of this or four days or five days or so and she was just like in agony. And we did the, the examination at the walk-in clinic and went home and it just kept getting worse. So we went to the ER and we wanted to get her to like an ultrasound and, and all these tests that she'd already done and they'd said everything was fine, but the bleeding just continued. And I remember taking her to the ER and they were doing like a, um, examination of her and I was sitting in the in, in the waiting room and I could hear, hear her scream and I could 
feel this urge and this anger come up in me because I was so frustrated and I was so scared. Often it's like that, right? When we're scared and we don't know what to do, the first emotion we go to is anger because that's an easy emotion to go to. And it's also the emotion that is the quote-unquote protection mechanism in case we have to fight, right? And so I was walking around in the waiting room as I was listening to her scream and her cry and her cry out in agony and pain. Frustrated I was. Scared I was. I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I've, I felt like I just wanted to run into her and save her from whatever the doctors were doing to her because she was in agony. But little after, after a while, the doctor came out and they said, well, she, is, she looks okay. Um, you know, take her home, and if, it's, if it gets worse, then come back. We're giving her some uh, antibiotics and whatnot. So, again, I took her home, and she got some sleep that night. And then uh, the next day, she was better. And then throughout the day, it got worse again. And we were at her parents' house at this point. And then all of a sudden, I hear a scream from the washroom and I run out and there's blood everywhere in the washroom, like on the floor, on the toilet, like everywhere, uh, on her pants. Like it, it was a horrible scene. Um, and she was crying and she was scared and she was like, is the baby okay? And like, and so again, uh, we went to the emergency room and luckily this time we came in at a, at a time where there was less people in the emergency room. So we had more time with the doctors and the nurses. And uh, she was put into a, a room for herself. And she was being examined, and I was sitting in the waiting room. And this wonderful nurse, she came over to me and she she looked at me and she said, you would have been wonderful parents. And I looked at her and I was like, does that mean that we lost a baby? And she said, yes. And I felt something die in me. I felt something crush. I felt something, a sadness that I have never felt before. But at the same time, the only thoughts I had was that I wanted to make sure that my wife was okay, that she was safe. And so as hurt and as sad, and heartbroken as I was, I had to deal with what was in front of me, which was to make sure that she was safe and she was healthy. And she was still in pain and agony and she was still bleeding a lot. And every time they touched her stomach, she was screaming. And so the doctor uh, or one of the doctors decided to give her some pain medication. Now, now, mind you, my wife was a, is a, or was, well, she still is, a small um, woman. She's not very tall. 
She's very tiny. And so they decided to give her one Percocet, which is very strong. Uh, for those of you guys who are in Europe, you might not know what Percocet is, but it's a very strong form of uh, pain medication that's being used in North America. And so they gave her a full one of that, and she literally just like passed out. Um, and she started having panic attacks before she passed out, which was essentially that she wanted me to um, splash water in her face so she wouldn't like f fall asleep because she was afraid that if she would fall asleep, she would die and never come back. Um, she was obviously in shock over everything that had happened, and, and that's why the doctor decided to give her some something to calm her down, but one pill was just too much. And they, they've had done all these tests on her. And, um, and so the test results came back. And luckily that day, there was a, ver there was a specific uh, doctor on call. And she decided to admit her to stay for the night or for a couple of days at least to, to see if she got better. And at this point, she had passed out and she was basically sleeping. And they started giving her her um, IV with uh, antibiotics because for whatever reason, the miscarriage had left an infection and they hadn't, they hadn't uh, done what's called a DNC, which is a chance to clean her out. So she was basically secreting all of this uh, leftovers in the traditional natural way. Um, but in her case, there was an infection that had developed and when stuff like that happens, it's it's fatal and you can essentially die. So it's very important that it gets taken care of fairly quickly. And so she was admitted and she started, um, they started giving her IVs with some form of antibiotics to, uh, to fight the infection. And uh, that week, we didn't talk much because she was basically sleeping the whole time. And uh, I would I would stay up. I would stay in the hospital. I was basically sleep in the in the chair. Um, and there was times where I was lucky enough that I could go home, but I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to leave her alone because I felt I had to protect her. And I felt that I had failed her as a husband. That I had not done enough to make sure that she was safe. And so I didn't want to leave her. And there was times where I would sleep next to her in bed, which I'm sure she probably don't even remember. But after about a uh, about a week, she started, you know, coming to her senses again and was much better. And essentially, we could take her home. And she would stay at her parents' house for that week while I started my job, which I had started in, in that process, um, little by little, to get introduced to my work. And uh, so her mom took care of her, thankfully, and there was a home nurse that came and uh, made sure that she had, that she still got her um, antibiotics and, and she got whatever she needed and she would change her bandage and whatever she, she needed. Um, and make sure that she was safe. The recovery from this was long and hard for both of us. We never really spoke about the loss 
of this child ever again. In sporadic moments, we would talk about it, but nothing really in depth. We didn't really talk about the pain that it had caused us, the guilt, the shame. The only thing we talked about is that my wife could have died and how fortunate we were that she did not. And how many times women in these situations are worse off. And so I carried this burden of never sharing this story with anybody but my family and closest friends. And not really knowing how to actually deal with the fact that I've lost a baby. The fact that I wanted to be a father. The fact that I had chosen a name for the child that I wanted to give it before even getting to meet the child. The fact that I had all these dreams and stories that I had in my head about, you know, going to the playground, taking the kid out to, uh, if it was a boy, to play soccer. And if it was a girl, do something else, right? Like, I had all these dreams and aspirations, but... My wife and I, we never spoke about it ever again. It was always about the fact that she almost died. And it was always about, we're trying to rationalize the fact that, well, the child must have been sick. And therefore, we didn't have it. But either way, the, 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 the pain of the loss was never, never spoken of. And it's been a hard journey for me. It's been a long road for me to come to accept what happened and the fact that it was totally out of my control and that it's okay to be sad. That it's okay to feel. Too many times in society, we keep secrets like this. Miscarriage is a lot more common than we talk about. But that doesn't mean that it hurt less. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen and the people that lose their child don't feel or suffer in that moment or even afterwards. It's just something we don't talk about as a society, as people. And so we hide our deepest pain and we only share it with a select few. I know that I'm not alone in this. I know that there's other people out there that have gone through a similar experience that I have. And I wish or my hope is that we can talk more openly about these things so that we can start healing and stop running. So grab your journal and a pen and here are my three questions for you today. Number one. What is the deepest pain 
that you're still carrying on that you've never told anybody. Number two, why haven't you shared this pain with anybody? Write down the specific emotions behind it. Is it guilt, shame, blame, fear, judgment? What is it specifically? And number three, who is one person that you could tell it to, that you trust? That's all I got for you today. Love and light your way. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Parables of the Divorce CEO. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And please share it with someone who may find the content valuable. Join my coaching program at thedivorceceo.com slash coaching.